Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Brett Tremblay on the line. Brett, how are you? Excellent, Michael. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Glad to have you here. We're going to talk about assistance, and I talk with people all the time about virtual assistance and uh, admin help and all of that, but we're going to really niche or niche down, depending on what part of the world you're in, and we're going to talk about the the legal aspect of things. So share a little bit about uh, the work that you're doing, and then we'll dive right in. Sure. You know, we could talk about the legal aspect, but it's really just service-based business aspect. So um, by trade, I am a lawyer. I own a law firm. I still do. I still um, operate it. We have 24 employees. I'm the sole owner, you know, for now. And, and so a lot of people, when, they're, when they venture off and do something else, I mean, let, let's be honest, because I was this way one time too. They're distracting themselves from the main business because the main business maybe is not going so well or they're frustrated, et cetera. It's like a lawyer that wants to be a mediator, but he, you know, he's splitting, splitting hairs, trying to get business on both ends. So um, law firm was successful, but it wasn't always successful. I had, I had to learn the hard way, but you know, at least thankfully I learned that I couldn't do everything myself. And, and so I started hiring, but I was hiring all domestically. And my now business partner at Get Staffed Up uh, met somebody who had some, a, an assistant in a different part of the world. So he dove in and figured out how to, how to recruit um, in, in other parts of the world and, and wanted to turn into business. And I said, look, here's my idea for what the business would look like. And a few months later, we were doing it together. So now when people do get the message, when they understand that they can't do everything themselves and they need to delegate, the other side of that equation is, okay, but how much does it cost, right? There's, there's making the decision and the realization and then how much does it cost. And when you're hiring domestically, it can be very expensive. Turnover is largely expensive and it's hard and people get discouraged. And so what we found out and what I love about this so much is the cost savings that we're helping people realize. Most of our marketing is focused on lawyers, but we are really helping people save so much on payroll, which helps their businesses grow. And then they can hire more domestically, which they wouldn't have. So I believe we're creating jobs um, both domestically and internationally and helping the global economy. That's a beautiful approach to it, too, because I know a lot of times people will say, I'm going to use some overseas help uh, because you know the cost difference is, is pretty dramatic depending on the type of role that you're doing. Uh, but the fact that it's creating opportunities both you know, stateside and across the globe uh, is, is a wonderful approach and, and just making things better for everybody. It's a win-win across the board. So, uh, so one of the things, if you're, I know a lot of startup entrepreneurs listen to this show and they get frustrated and they have difficulty kind of letting go. You know, they think, well, I can do it. And it's like, well, if you're doing everything, you're not accomplishing anything because you're just, you're doing everything. You're like a cook that's the waiter, that's the busboy, that's the, that's, the, that's- the bookkeeper and all that stuff. You're not, you're not going to accomplish anything. You need to work in your sweet spot where you're really good. So what are some common 
things that you say to people that really get them to recognize this is crucial for me. Uh, I'm foolish for not utilizing your service. Yeah, Michael, that I, yeah, that's the exact analogy that I use, which is it's like, own, which restaurant do you want to go to? The one where the guy that owns it is also the chef, is also the waiter, is also the host, is also the promoter doing everything. Or do you want to go where somebody figured out, I'm going to hire the best chefs money can hire and I'm going to get out of the way. What's a better food product? And then I'm going to hire the best, you know, training uh, program for my, my wait staff so that the experience is the best and I'm going to get out of the way. Of course, that's the restaurant you want to go to because look, there's nothing wrong with hustling and we've all, we've all bootstrapped and, and that's how I started the law firm. But you, you've got to, if you're going to grow, right? Because the guy that's doing everything himself, it's admirable at first, but it's exhausting. You cannot, you cannot argue to me that, well, you know, I just, I just want to go to this, the, you know, be, be the one guy that does everything themselves. You know, you, something else is happening. So if, if, you're, if your cup is full and you keep pouring into it, that means it's spilling out the sides. You're losing something somewhere and it could be your personal health. And I, and I know that's something very important to you, um, could be your mental health and, and, and burnout. And, you know, after the adrenaline wears off of a few months, you know, I certainly got burnt out starting my law firm was exciting and it was fun. And I was up late and doing, doing all, all the fun stuff, except working on, on legal work, which actually pays the bills, right? I was building the websites and, and starting to join networking groups. And, and I was, you know, Ooh, you know, started my own law firm. I mean, frankly, starting your own business can be rather easy nowadays. It's actually being successful and growing the business, which is difficult. And and there's not enough resources. So you know what we're talking about today is just one of them. But you 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 will hit a point where you're either working eighty to hundred hours a week, and you're not seeing your family, or you're not having an opportunity to have a personal life, and you just can't. And and delegating allows other people to come into your world and learn from you and grow and get promoted and elevate themselves. So I never understand when people look at, look at that as a dirty word is that I'm giving all the stuff I don't want to do. Somebody else is glad to, you know, to do those things just like I was once upon a time. And also you're doing things that we're not good at everything, you know, so we're not good at graphic design. Some of us may be great at marketing. Some of us may suck at it. End of the day, you want to make sure that you're doing what you can do that you enjoy and you're really good at. And by delegating or hiring a VA or outsourcing things, you're giving work to those people that absolutely love working on that. And it shows. And the quality of what you're building by using these virtual assistants or outsourcing whatever work is going to be better than what you would produce and nothing against anybody uh-huh. saying the stuff that you're producing is, is not good, but it's going to be better because they're operating in their ideal space to allow you to operate in your ideal space. And the thing of it is, this is something that entrepreneurs struggle with, but they, they eventually catch on the successful ones is we are our own bottleneck as far as how we spend our time. I'd rather spend time on generating revenue than spending time on accounting for it. And, and (laughs) 
And I'm, my original career was accounting. Okay, I used to love it. Now it's like, oh, I despise yeah. it. It's 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 like reformed smokers. You know, people that used to smoke, then they quit, and they're the, like the most vocal against yeah. it. It's I'm, I'm not being, you know, I'm not picking on accountants because I speak at some of their events. So I definitely mm-hmm. don't want don't want to get that out there in the ether. But uh, at the end of the day, it's like I don't enjoy doing that work, and I know there are people that do. So it's like here. Take it, make it look pretty, minimize the tax burden, please, and and do whatever you can. But at the end of the day, it's focusing on the things that you're good at. And by doing that, it allows you to grow and you can actually take on more business of what you're good at, which grows your business. Because all of a sudden, you're a larger entity and you can do more as a larger entity than if you're just this one person trying to cook and do all this stuff. And you know, going back to the restaurant real quick, would you rather eat at a Michelin-rated restaurant or eat food that tastes like a Michelin tire? <laughs> make, make your choice. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, look, sometimes the best food is that one guy on the street corner, right? But that, that's you enjoying that food. That's not, you, you know, we're not looking at what that guy's life looks like, who's just basically every day doing his own thing and, and a slave to that business. The business owns that person. If he doesn't cook that day, you know, he, he or she doesn't make money. So look, what, what we do is, is when the light bulb does go off, we help people with what we call administrative virtual assistants. So this could be receptionist, intake coordinator um, in the legal world, a legal assistant, but you're talking about personal assistant, executive assistant, client happiness coordinator, all of those little spots where you, you know that there are gaps in, in your pipeline, in your systems, and you need some excess capacity. But again, you don't want to just go hire a bunch of expensive people to do tasks that frankly are you know, eight to $10 an hour task. And so, and marketing assistance, that's the other thing we do. I mean, talk about, you know, marketing and and being a visionary. We all have a hundred ideas before breakfast, but then they all, you know, get all those ideas get stacked up as if they're a sheet of paper and you just had piles and piles on your desk and you never get around to them. When you have a full-time virtual assistant, that's, that's your, your marketing assistant, that's able to research and then tackle those projects it, it is the biggest weight off your shoulders because suddenly you can start to see which marketing works and which doesn't. And you have a, a bigger wherewithal to find out what works and, and what doesn't. Because when you have, I, this is, look, I had uh, a girl that I, I still care deeply about in terms of her and, and, and we love her. I couldn't make her position work at my firm. We were paying, you know, almost $60,000 a year for a marketing coordinator and um, the, the thing that most people don't realize is you have to do a multiple of about 30 to 40% of what it actually costs you as a business owner to have an employee when, when, when you have the withholding and the taxes and the overhead and all of those other things. So, uh, you know, I was constantly like, we got to get more from this person, more from this person. And when you're able to have somebody full-time, because again, Michael, we only do full-time. There are a lot of different um, staffing companies out there and, and they're selling 20 hours of this person here and five here and they're, and they're playing that time Tetris and, and they're trying to make it fit together. We don't have split loyalty. We have our, our, our base price or I should say the most popular price is $18.50 a month. Okay, So we're, we're talking like 20 grand per year all in. You pay us. We're the legal employer and we pay uh, the person that eventually you end up with which you're in charge of, of who you get to hire anyway. We just do all the recruiting. Um, so when you're paying somebody 
that you know type of 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 salary for 40 hours a week i mean you can just get so much done for such little cost you 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 can barely hire a marketing vendor for that you know to do to do your website and some social media for 1850 a month. I mean, it really becomes a no brainer, um, but we don't compete on price. We compete on finding the best of the best. We have fabulous, wonderful people, educated, energetic, appreciative. They just happen to be born in a different part of the world. So why not take advantage of that? It gives them an opportunity to find work. It's, 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 I don't want to say even the playing field, but it's opened up opportunities for people all over the planet to be able to use their creative skill set and not have to relocate. And especially during this pandemic, you know, not a lot of people are moving around uh, yeah. to different countries. I know in the real estate industry, a lot of people are moving around because I, I talked to somebody in the mortgage industry and you know the mortgage papers are up to here as far as applications are concerned. So a lot of people are moving, uh, but as far as relocating to different countries and all of that, that's not something that's you know, going on to the same level as we saw probably before the pandemic. So it, it gives them that flexibility to live where they want to live and do the kind of work that they enjoy doing. And it just makes things so much easier. And again, I, I can't hammer this home enough, people, this when you offload things that you're not completely good at, it allows you to work on what you really dreamed about when you launched your business. You didn't dream about spreadsheets and accounting and filings and quote presentations and things like you, you dreamed about doing the work. And when you do and hire somebody to offload all of those administrative tasks, you get to do the work that you want to do and you're going to get better at it. And then those clients are going to tell their friends and all of a sudden you're going to have more clients and more clients and more clients. And then the conversation changes from, okay, yes, I have a need to hire more administrative people, but then you start saying, I need to find another version of me that can take on this client work as well because I've got so much of it. All of a sudden you've really grown your business and it's, it's easy to do. It takes time and takes effort and clarity. But, and you, and you mentioned this or alluded to it a, a couple of minutes ago is when you offload all of that work, it gives you clarity to see things because you wouldn't have the time to see because you're up to here and trying to figure out, okay, do I tweet this? What's my social media plan for this? Okay, I got to come up with some new collateral for this and offset that. Get, get somebody else to do that. And then- yep. You know, that way you have the clarity of going, I see opportunities in this market or this market and your business will grow a lot faster if you have that clarity. Yeah, Michael, it's not called work and grow rich, right? It's called think and grow rich. And if you don't give yourself the time to think about the next moves in your business and what your business needs and the, the freedom and the space to then capitalize on those opportunities because you're too busy. Look, my thing, you, you mentioned this earlier, so the way, the way to get paid is to do the work and then send out the invoice and then somebody pays your invoice, right? Like that's, that's a system a lot of people use. So early on, I hated the invoicing part. So I would just not do it and leave it sitting there, just leaving money out on the street because I, I hated it. I didn't like it. I mean, a, 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 a billing clerk that came in on Saturdays was, was one of the first people that I ever hired. I talk about my first hire um, a law clerk, 30 hours a week in 2014. 
Um, but then after that, I brought in a billing clerk too, because I just like, I, I hate this. Why, why not pay somebody a little bit of money to get this done? But, but it was such a hard lesson for me to learn. So I'm never judgmental when other people are, are stubborn or are not going, you know, not making those decisions and they're choosing because life's about choices, right? They're choosing to make themselves miserable. Cause if you're, if you don't have an assistant, you are an assistant. If you don't have a billing clerk, you are a billing clerk. If you don't have a marketing coordinator, you are a marketing coordinator and you, you can't argue with those facts. So I was there. I get it. Thankfully, I, I started reading books and learning and I just got fed up. You know, some people just have to have so much pain. They just say, heck with it. I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to start hiring and see what I can do. So what's one bit of advice as we get close to the end here uh, that you would give uh, people that are, are are ready to do it, but they're not really sure what they want to delegate. You know, they they know they need to delegate something, but they don't. They're not really sure. And I'm sure you have an onboarding process to go through this. But I'd love to hear kind of a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah. So when you say advice, that could be a million things, right? But you you honed you honed it in. So um, if you don't know what to delegate, write down everything you do. Just keep a time log of everything you do in a week. Home. Um, you know, and, and don't wait to the end of the day. Cause we always forget, like they say, when you're capturing time as lawyers live in that world, you, you miss 10% when you wait to the end of the day. And then you miss 30% when you wait to the end of the week. So, um, just make a running list of everything you're doing that week. doesn't matter. Just go through a normal week, take one week, take five business days. And then at the end of the week, take different color highlighters, highlight everything in a color you hate doing and highlight everything in another color that, frankly, if you're being honest with yourself, is not making you a lot of money. I used to lick my own stamps and, and send my own faxes you know, back in 2011 and answer my own phones, everything else. Those are the things you should delegate first. It's the 80-20 rule. Only 20% of the things you're doing at any given time are probably making you money. And it's true even when you get rid of 80% and then you create like a new you know, Pareto principle. So you, you gotta keep doing that exercise to see, you know, to see what the first thing you should get rid of. And, and, you know, you're going to come up with a lot when you do it that way. That's a great example of it. And I also would throw in, and you probably suggest this as well, of, you know, going through that exercise periodically. Don't do it just once. Oh, for sure. Do it a lot, you know, a couple, minimum a couple times a year. A good colleague of mine, basically every six months, he, sits down, looks at his calendar and all the things that he's done over the last six months. And he usually picks two or three things from there that he says he's never going to do again. And then he either offloads it or just stops doing it as yeah. a business or things like that. And what that does is it just really gets him fine-tuned and doing the things that he really enjoys to do. And it's made him successful in everything that he does. And, you know, when he says, I'm launching a new venture, I'm like, of course you are. You, <laughs> uh, if you said you wouldn't, I was going to call and have, you know, the police bring you into the, you know, the mental health institution because there's something definitely wrong with you. Cause if you're not going to do something new, that's just not you. That's yeah. not your DNA, but right. But no, it's a wonderful exercise for people to go through things. So, um, you know, once the people, you know, bring somebody on and they start working with them. Is there anything that you see common errors as far as maybe some missteps in when they're working with a virtual assistant um, that yeah. could be avoided? Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's not just a virtual assistant. This is a hiring and leadership problem across the board. You need very clear rules and guidelines for what that person is supposed to do. People, I'd say business owners who think that that their employees don't want structure are in, are insane or they just don't get it. Like you don't want to show up all day and wonder if you're doing well. Someone should be keeping score. That's why we keep scoring games because you know if you're doing well or you're not. Are you ahead or are you behind? So um, what we suggest is, is building out a scorecard. It can be five to seven things that somebody's in charge of every single day um, that week and they fill out the scorecard. I mean, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's 20. We have, for example, on our website, we have um, scorecards that you can download for, for different types of positions, just as examples um, for free. And, and that is like, okay, I, I did 20 posts on Instagram this week, 20 posts on Twitter, I made, you know, 20 comments on LinkedIn. I added 30 comments on LinkedIn. I set up, you know, the one speaking event I'm supposed to do. I put three Facebook posts. I was on a podcast. This is for the the marketing assistant, right? All of these things done for you or for the business. And now you both know if that person's performing. So it's just a, it's just a, uh, not just onboarding, but training and really taking the time to develop the position so that that person can be successful. That's great. And I highly recommend people take a look at those scorecards uh, because, yeah, I agree. People want to know how they're doing. And as an organization, you should provide that feedback to them. So, Brett, I've loved our conversation today. Where can people find out more about you and this awesome work that you're doing? Absolutely, Michael. Um, GetStaffedUp.com is is the easiest way. Um, But for your listeners, if you go to GetStaffedUp.com slash VIP, um, I think we only ask for three, like name, email, maybe phone number. And it says, where did you hear about us? If, if somebody just types in breakfast leadership, then we will do a uh, $250 discount off of the startup fee. So I mentioned it's $1,850 a month is the average price flat fee. Uh, we do have a $1,750 startup fee and, and with $250 off and then another incentive that we tell people about on the sales call you you get rid of like 70% of that startup fee. I mean, we, we just want stake in the game. We want people that are, that are serious about finding somebody great and about keeping somebody great. And um, we also have a replacement guarantee, Michael. So if your staffer through us ever quits, we replace them for free. And here in the US, you know, I mentioned the high turnover problem. It, it, the hidden costs are almost $5,000 every time you want to hire somebody. So there's just, there's just benefits across the board. That's awesome. And I'll definitely have that information in the show notes and agree. Yeah, the, the turnover time, the cost, and then the, the amount of time it takes to onboard a new employee and get them up to speed on things is, is catastrophic in the normal hiring of somebody world. So that's awesome you guys do that. So Brett, thank you again for your time today. Really appreciate this work that you're doing. It's amazing and nothing but the best for your future. Man, I'm so honored to be on, Michael. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The The Breakfast Breakfast Leadership Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.